Hello friends, we're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked and it's Saturday. So that means it must be time for Newsworthy. And that means for the first time since getting married, I got uh, Mr. Jeremy Lambert here. There's the ring. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm well. It's a fake ring. This is not not an actual, not the actual ring that you saw at the, the wedding, Joel Pearl. This is uh, the... The work ring, essentially, so my fingers don't uh, explode while I type all of these articles. But I am well, Joel. Married life is well. How are you? I'm doing well. I, my my ring, my ring of honor, sits upon my desk as it always does, and uh, it's always ready for a rainy day. I I didn't actually wear it when I went to to visit you guys, so <laughs> there you go. I didn't That's notice. I knew you were married. I was like, all right. Cool. I didn't notice that you didn't have a ring on. I didn't notice that you know a bunch of people were there who were married. I didn't know if they had rings on. My attention my partner, was on one person only, Joel. I didn't care about the rest of you. Yes, and they looked lovely, and it was a very, very fun event. I'm glad to have gone, glad to have visited, glad to have hung out with you uh, for a couple days. And now we got to talk about the news, because uh, you took last week off, and so did we as a result. So instead, we're back this week, because Jeremy decided to come back to work and did a good job this week, didn't you? I guess. I guess I came back to work. But okay, you're here. That's, that's what happened. I'm here. I'm here. I'm old. I'm tired, but I'm back at work. There we go. You guys know how it goes. We pick five articles from the week that either flew right by you or stuck on your news feed. You're going to take a look at them right now. Number five, MJF on missing AEW double or nothing meet and greets. Tony Khan was being a fucking mark. Jeremy. You gotta stop with the swearing in these headlines. My God, uh, I gotta beep everything out. I know all the, they're getting bleeped on television now too. Uh, so this is with Sam Roberts uh, on Not Sam Wrestling, and I thought like MJF did did like a bunch of interviews before Grand Slam. Uh, he did the 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 Hawani one. He did the the Barstool one. And I think the, those are the two big ones. Uh, and this one was a little bit after that. But I thought he, Sam Roberts did a really good job with this. And maybe it's because there were two interviews before where they kind of asked the same questions. And MJF even said in this interview, he's like, ask me something that nobody's asked. And Sam asked him like, okay, what happened with the meet and greet? Because nobody had asked about the meet and greet. Everybody asked about the plane ticket. Of course, they're asking, oh, what happened all out? You're gone for three months, whatever. But he's like, what about the meet and greet? Because that's what kicked this whole thing off with MJF is he missed that meet and greet before double or nothing and then the story came out of unhappy plane ticket still showed up blah, all that stuff so i thought it was a good question by sam mjf he gave he gave maybe the kayfabe not kayfabe answer of like tony khan's being f-ing mark uh cost my company and he said ten thousand dollars but then he gave the answer of like they were so worried about me that they kicked in the door and did a wellness check on me because they thought I was having a Brian Pillman moment here, which had been a dark Twitter kind of rumor. And MJF can get, does he kayfabe stuff? What is he telling the truth? Who knows? But he said it. And I think there's some truth to it because MJF, as much as he is a character also says a lot of truth in, in, in his uh, characterness. So I really like this interview. I really like this answer from MJF and man, MJF. He's good. He's good. He's good on television most weeks. He's good in the media. He was good in this interview. I thought Sam Roberts did a good job too. I know a lot of people take issue with Sam Roberts because he appears on WWE programming. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, some people go as far as to call him a dork, but here we are. We're all wrestling fans. We're all dorks to some degree. Sure. So I, 
you know, whatever. But uh, no, Sam, Sam is a really, really solid interviewer. He's really good at this job. Uh, you know, whenever I've listened to his podcast or his interviews, I've always walked away saying, you know, that not only is he really good at this, but he asks really interesting and intelligent questions. And this was no different, you know, especially with a guy like MJF who has that is he is he not when it comes to to kayfabe or anything like that uh but this was the right question to ask in my opinion asking about the meet and greet and asking you know right away mjf is like my company lost ten thousand dollars that day and that's wild yeah. just that that idea alone is like i'm listening and yeah. it's really good for both guys really good chemistry really good article uh anything and- else you want to add about this yeah well, Sam clearly has like a rapport with MJF and a history with MJF. Like they, they touched on it a couple of times of like, they did the interview before AEW was, was a thing or when it just became a thing and whatnot. So they've got a history. So, and that of course made things more, more comfortable. Uh, and you, you mentioned the word chemistry, like you can tell they were bouncing off each other a little bit too. So that helps with any interview, no matter who you're talking to, no matter who your interview is, no matter who your subject is. If you talk to that person before and you have a relationship, some type of uh, or rapport with them, some type of chemistry with them, it's going to typically make the interview better. I can tell you that I've done a couple of interviews where chemistry just isn't there. And, or sometimes I've done on-screen stuff with people. And if the chemistry is not there, it's not there, but when it's there and it's entertaining, it's the best. You and I were talking off air about, uh, about characters, about personalities and how much they bring to the content that we create. So, uh, Sam Roberts and MJF are both absolutely those types of characters and those personalities. I do a lot of shows with a lot of people, Joel Pearl, and I can honestly tell you, this is the most frustrating I am every week doing a show with you. I guess the most frustrated I am every week. I feel like it's the worst show of the week. It is. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Do an impact show every Thursday. You give me nothing, channel. Joel. You just dance around questions. You don't yep. actually say anything. Stonewall no comment, no case. comment, no, no comment. comment. Very frustrated when I talk to you, Joel. Maybe you should just do the uh, the the read for the next big WWE PLE, and then people will give you access. Uh, we're gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get myself in trouble as I typically do. It's fine. There are other people we can pick on. Happy Corbin says Triple H is trying to bring the edge back to his character. That's story number four. Baron Corbin spoke to the Johnny Dare Morning Show and had quite a lot to say about uh, about his notable absence from WWE right now. Yeah, he hasn't Go been ahead. on as of, as of this recording. Uh, who knows? He might be back on SmackDown tonight. And then we were just talking about like, oh, Happy Corbin was back. There was an edge back uh, to him. But as of this recording, he's not been on TV since September, uh, early September, September 2nd. In fact, when they did the he disappeared into the white limo gimmick. And I'm pretty I, I think this is his first interview since all that. Like he he used to do interviews like sort of regularly, but that's kind of slowed. And this one on Johnny Dare, he speaking of rapports, like he definitely has rapport with these people. Friend of the show, they were bantering about throughout the show of uh of just like his, his history and his life and everything, and like ane- anecdotal stories when they were hanging out and everything. So there was a clear chemistry, a clear familiarity with Corbin and, and Johnny Dare and and the co-host here, which made things easier. So they just asked about Triple H and what it's like, like kind of working with him. And, you know, it's been months now. A lot of people have given a lot of the same answers of great, creative freedom, different, different vibe, different energy, positivity, blah, 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 blah. And Corbin kind of in the same way, but he did say like, yeah, Triple H, she kind of gave me that sort of rock edge uh, when I was the lone wolf in NXT. And now we're kind of trying to bring that back. 
with uh with SmackDown and everything. So considering we haven't really heard from Corbin, I thought this was a, an interesting thing. And once again, when it comes to chemistry and rapport between subject and interview, this this was a good job. If you haven't listened to the full interview, there isn't too much wrestling with it, but you get to know Corbin a little bit more. And I don't know if I've said this on this show, another show, on wherever. Like Corbin, you can hate him on screen. Dude seems kind of cool. Like seems like a pretty chill guy. Like outside of the wrestling world with the the grilling and uh, a, a former football player and everything, and he gets it. Like he gets the wrestling stuff. I don't have an issue with Corbin. I understand if you want to hate his character and some of his booking throughout the years, but as far as Baron Corbin the person goes, like I'd hang out with him and have a nice time. Yeah, he'd probably cook you a really good meal. Probably yeah. have a really good drinks. And you know what? So this is funny. I'm thinking back to an interview that, of all people, Sam Roberts did with Baron Corbin before a WWE house show in, like, White Plains, New York. This interview was, like, five – no, it's not five years ago, but it's a, it's quite a few years ago. And it was probably one of the best Baron Corbin interviews ever because those two guys – a had chemistry and B knew each other, just like Johnny Darren and Baron Corbin do here. Uh, and, and it really just made you appreciate the guy. And that's, that's fine. I like that. Um, that being said, speaking of the grilling, that should be his character. They call oh, him grilling Corbin. Oh, that'd be great. I'm all about it. Uh, anything else from this, uh, from this interview that's worth mentioning? Ah, just, yo, Baron Corbin, when he comes back, I expect we'll see a little bit of a different Baron Corbin. He'll have longhorns. He might have some longhorns. Very He'll true. be a big Texas A&M fan. He'll be like, hook him. Hook him, uh, yeah. Hook him. Yes. I know nothing about college football. Anyway, number three, <laughs> Paul London says he's accepting bookings again. He's a little late on the draw because he could have been the White Rabbit, but instead he spoke to uh, his old running putty, Rene Dupree, on his podcast, Cafe de Rene. And uh, yeah, he's got the big announcement was that he's accepting bookings again. Uh, so Cafe de Rene, Rene Dupree, he does this podcast, I, I think every week. I feel like it's like twice a week at this point. He gets various guests and everything on, but Paul London is like a regular on, on this. And London even says it like, he's not asked. He's like, I'm going to make an announcement. And he's like, oh, I wanted to give it to the Cafe de Rene people first because you guys are so kind to me and everything. So he makes this announcement and Paul London is accepting bookings again, which I don't know if Paul London has been like, canceled or anything i've not heard anything of the sort but he just kind of like disappeared for a little while and i've always liked paul london i I really liked his stuff in roh in in wwe and then the white rabbit stuff that he did in lucha underground i've always thought of him as a a good worker and i'm not saying like oh they missed the boat on paul london this guy could have been a superstar and like world champion and everything but he was always like a good worker and someone who was like captivating in the ring. So I don't know what Paul London has left at at 42. Uh, He mentioned that like, you know, he he said he's in the Blake Griffin phase of his career. And if, if you know anything about basketball, Blake Griffin was like one of the most explosive athletic players of all time, just dunking over everything, including Kia cars in in a dunk contest and whatnot. And then once he lost that explosiveness and athleticism, he kind of had to redefine his game a little bit to be more of a passer and more, more of like a, a, a three point shooter and everything. And like some, some areas he's gotten better at other areas, like his three point shooting can still be not, not so great. So that's what London kind of equated this to is like, Hey, maybe we ain't seeing like Paul London doing crazy shit anymore, 
but Paul London could probably still tell some good stories and, and work well. And I think he could be valuable to people who kind of want that knowledge from somebody. And he seemed, and th- this was my biggest takeaway from the way he was talking. He seemed genuinely interested in like helping and trying to make things better. It wasn't a thing of like, I'm coming back. Let me do a, a pay. Let me just get a payday and, you know, just go on a indie tour and just make a bunch of money or make however much money that I can. It seemed like he was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be accessible. If you have any questions, like whether it be in the ring, outside the ring of like, how to not fuck up? Like, hey, let me know, ask me and we'll talk about things. So he seemed genuinely excited and, and genuinely like, happy to to return and help and try to help the next generation which i think is the most important part of all of this because if you're just taking bookings to take bookings and you're just going to return just to have matches cool but it seems like he wants to do more than just like let me go out and just have a match he wants to try to try to help the next generation so good on paul london always liked them so two things one the uh mention of the blake griffin career and and dunking over kia's he says maybe he won't be dunking over Kia's, but what if he's giving Canadian destroyers <laughs> on top of Kia's? What if, we, what if that's the Paul London gimmick? We could see it. We could see it. He did mention that, like, I'm going to teach people how, to, how not to stand around for 20 seconds looking stupid while someone <laughs> dives on you, which is great because we I would need love that, to hear that in yeah. wrestling right now. Absolutely. And how to preserve your body. I think there's a lot of um, education that Paul London can provide because he's he's definitely been around for a long time. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, I, I also don't know if he's been canceled or something's happened, but um, he was scheduled to appear at the Ring of Honor past versus present show in 2020. Yeah. That got canceled due to COVID. So a little bit of a personal story. Um, before the pandemic, I worked in, in music. I was a touring musician and then COVID hit and I kind of pivoted to doing this. And people have asked, you know, are you going to go back to being a, a musician? And my answer is kind of yes and no. I'm still a little uh, about, you know, COVID and getting sick and being out later than I need to be because I am a dad now. And that stuff has kind of stopped me from taking bookings in my world. I could see, not that, I, not that I'm saying Paul London's a father, therefore, but I think because of COVID, he may have been playing it safe for the time being. And just kind of realizing now that this could be his opportunity to come back. Yeah. And, and it could be, it could be that as well. A hundred percent that he's, he just feels more comfortable doing stuff. So whatever the reason that he's getting back out there, I'm happy to see Paul London back. And I imagine by the end of the year, you'll start seeing Paul London and in independent promotions around the, the country. Paul London and Rene Dupree as a tag team. I, he he mentioned that he mentioned hey let's let's be a tag team and stuff so we might see that I think Renee's doing stuff with like uh, Noah or All Japan right now so yes. we could see see it over there in Japan who knows could be well let's go stay in Japan number two Clark Connors New Japan Pro Wrestling's World TV title was made for me Clark Connors was speaking to Ringsiders Wrestling and first of all Jeremy you've seen this New Japan World TV Championship yeah. It looks like a TV or a watch. You got to keep it, it looks under like 15 the, minutes. Yeah, it looks like the World Series of Poker bracelet, just in like title form. That's what I <laughs> that's what I think of when I see this thing. I just appreciate the fact that New Japan has put together a challenge belt that has all wrestlers in a company that cannot do matches under 15 minutes, making them do matches under 15 minutes. That's that's <laughs> the kind of belt I want to see challenged for in my pro wrestling. 
I, Clark Connors. My Clark. wheelhouse, my wheelhouse when it comes to matches is like twelve to eighteen, which I guess the the median there is fifteen minutes. So I love it. I'm all for this title. I think it's great. I don't need these long New Japan main events that go forty five minutes. Um, so I'm excited for this. I, I did find it hilarious. It's like we're going to focus on young talent and high action matches, and it's like here's evil and here's yoshihashi like i had no no uh no knock on yoshihashi like he's fine but like here's evil with his slow and plotting matches and everything like yeah and i think like tomohiro ishii again great wrestler but pretty sure he's not a young talent at this stage of his career so the bracket is kind of not in line with what they say they're going for when it comes to the championship but we'll see what the finals are. We'll see who the first champion is. And then maybe they can go from there with it. I love this quote. Don't get me wrong. Okada, Jay white, will Osprey, all these guys, they do their 30 minute barn burners. Wrestle kingdom goes 35 minutes. G one, whatever the F that's great. And all I could do it if I want to, but I think a good 15 minute go hard match is some of the best wrestling to me. That's Clark Connors. And I think that absolutely sums up you and I, our feelings towards these types of matches. So Ringsiders did a very good interview. It's like 40 minutes with, with Clark Connors. And he's been out since July, I believe, um, with, with a back injury. And he said he's pretty close to returning. Like his return got announced. And then Clark is like, yeah, something got mixed up there. Like I'm not cleared uh, to, to compete. So then it got pulled. Uh, so it seems like he's coming back soon. Clark Connors, one of the one of the young lion guys, maybe not too well known in Japan, does, does a lot of stuff on like New Japan Strong and everything. But hasn't been featured in any prominent way in new Japan. So for him to come out and just basically say like, I think that title belongs to me. That's great that they have like these long matches and everything. And they do that style, but like, we don't always need that. It was, it was refreshing to hear, honestly, because I think a lot of people probably feel that way, especially uh, maybe American fans who are like, okay, cool. Another like 45 minute uh, new Japan main event. And look, some of these matches are very good, but then there are some, and most of them involved evil that it's like, we're just going 40 to 45 minutes to go because this is what we've almost just been used to with new Japan. It's like, yeah, certain people, Okada, Jay white, they can do this style and it makes sense and it works. Other people shouldn't be doing this style just because it's a new Japan main event. So I thought it was a good quote from from Clark Connors as far as one, if he's working or shooting, brother, either way, he's getting his name out there and like throwing himself in the mix for this title. I mean, maybe when he returns to Japan, Okada smacks him in the mouth for talking shit, which, you know, that's a good story, too, I guess. Uh, but I thought it was a good interview. And I, I just like the quote from from Clark Connors. And I think uh, Ringsiders, do, they do good work. I know I've listened to them a handful of times and I've always come away with, with something from them because because they do good work and i like the under the radar stuff not many people are gonna be out there covering clark connor's interviews so uh shout out to to ringsiders getting a getting someone who maybe maybe isn't on the top of the list of people to get when it comes to when it comes to interview guests and congratulations to world tv title winner toro yano Oh, see, that's who needs to actually win it, though. Like, I yeah. know that's like a joke of, oh, yeah, high-paced and young talent. And it's like, here's Toro Yano winning. I say just put all the titles on Yano. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, it, it I, works. I, said, I said after Monday, just like, Yano just walks out with the Never title because like, Carl Anderson's <laughs> in WWE now, and we just accept it. Like, that, we're good. Yano's got it. Cool. 
Well, I don't know how he got it. Who cares? It's Yano. He's got. It's on his DVD. You got to buy the DVD, and it, it turns out that he like right. stole it out of, out of out of the bag as Carl was like leaving the last show. <laughs> Perfect. We just did it. Anyway, it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, let's go to number one. Soraya Page, formerly from WWE, discusses her decision to sign with AEW and never talk to WWE about wrestling again. Soraya on her Twitch stream had so much to say, talked about her new new job, new role with AEW, and uh, well, definitely uh, confirmed a, a Fightful Select report that came out a couple of days ago. So uh, Jeremy, go ahead, talk about Soraya. So she did return to Twitch. I got like the notification on, I think it was like Saturday afternoon um, that, that she was going to be on Twitch. And I was like, all right, cool. Like Soraya is usually very good on Twitch. We know she's not afraid to speak about things that she believes in and set records straight and everything. So I was like, well, she's going to say something. And this was her first like kind of sit down talk since she debuted in Dynamite. And yeah, she had plenty to say. Uh, in- including that she said she'd never talked to WWE about returning to the ring, which I, I buy. Um, she talked about just how the AEW deal came together and whatnot. And I, I've i always found her like just very good when it comes to like being on Twitch and everything. And when it comes to like engaging with her fan, like she's built a big community on Twitch. And, and it's because she is like very engaging with everything i've always liked her twitch streams because as a as a news person i get some good quotes out of her because she is not afraid to say what she is thinking it's like all right cool this is an easy story uh, but as not someone as not a news person someone who's just like watching i find her to be engaging and personable and just she she's yeah she's not afraid to just interact with the chat not afraid to say how she feels and that can be a turn off for some people but i think it's not for a lot of people because that's why she has grown to be as big as she is in, in the Twitch world. There you go. I don't know much to add because I personally don't well, really watch her Twitch stuff. Well, she did an interview with Jericho as well. Um, yes. And that came out today, Friday. So I listened to that as well. And it was a lot of rehashing and everything. And this is why I also like listening to stuff like the Twitch stream is like, it's not an official interview. She just goes on Twitch and talks and sometimes you'll give a little bit, sometimes you'll give not as much. And then when you get down and you do a sit down interview, maybe you give a little bit more. Um, but when it, when it came to like the Twitch, she said basically everything she had to say there. And then so with the interview with Jericho, it's like, she didn't really say too much. But one thing she did say with Jericho was the, the Fightful Select story of like, she did talk to Triple H. She, they did reach out Triple H. I, I think this is in the Select story as well. It's like Triple H was like kind of surprised they released her. He didn't understand it. And Soraya says that with Jericho is like, he didn't even know. Like he was like, wait, you, you got released. Uh, huh? Like when did this happen? So I, I thought that was, it was a good interview with Jericho. Jericho, we've praised him plenty when it comes to like his interview skills. I thought, I thought he did a good job with this, but yeah, Twitch streaming, man. That's where if you want to try to give advice to, to people on, on the shows, if you want to like break into to news writing and do something that's different for, than what a lot of people are doing, just find like wrestlers Twitch streams and just watch that shit and try to just pick something out of it. Even if like, it's not like super newsworthy, like obviously Soraya in her first like kind of chat after joining AEW, if, even if it's just like Speedball Bailey watching old matches and stuff, I guarantee there's an anecdote when he's talking that you can be like, hey, let me write about this and you can turn it into something. And whether or not it gets picked up by like every website in the world, who knows? 
but it just shows a uh, a work ethic and an ambition that a lot of people are going to have where it's like, okay, let me cover the latest Renee podcast. Let me cover the latest Jericho podcast. Like those are going to get covered by pretty much everybody. Twitch streams, a lot of wrestlers are on Twitch. If you have the time, listen to it, pick out stories and, you know, write about it or send them to me. If you don't want to write about it, send them to me and I'll write about them. And then that, that helps me as well. So there's, there's my, there's my weekly advice for any aspiring news writers out there. That's right. Send all your work to Jeremy Lambert. Basically. That's really all this. That's right. He'll do it's the not work. Like I'm busy, but no, no. You, chopping it up with me on a Saturday talking about the news you wrote. Come on. What else do you have to do? Yeah. 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 It's not you like know. I'm doing, doing stuff every day or anything, but I always, I want to try to do more and cover everything that I can. So I like, I'll put myself over, I guess like independent promotions. And I asked for like, Hey, send me your results. Like I will make sure it gets covered on Fightful. And it's not, again, it's not that I have all the time in the world to just do these results and whatnot. I want to do as much as I can and just help the wrestling world and help the news cycle as much as I can. And sometimes I feel I do a good job. Other times I feel like I'm failing. But in this instance, when it comes to listening to Twitch and trying to cover more independent wrestling, I guess I'm doing an okay job. But yes, if you listen to Twitch streams and you'd be like, hey, this would be a cool story, send it to me. And I'll, I'll write about it if it is actually a cool story. If it's not, we'll just, we'll bury it. It's fine. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Sure. You want to plug stuff? Do I, do I need to plug stuff? How does this work? I think, I think, yeah, I think it starts with you plugging stuff. Oh, okay. Um, keep it locked here. It's Fightful Overbooks. We got cool stuff. Uh, Tim and Joel tomorrow at noon. Tag Talk uh, tomorrow at, at five. And the next week, stuff. Stuff and things. FMC. On Monday, we got uh, Nick Harrison, who does the Fightful TikTok. Myself and SP3 will be doing our big NBA season preview. So I suspect that'll be a pretty big show. So, you know, if you're a basketball fan, come hang out with us on, on Monday morning. And then other stuff happening next week as well. Uh, the Spotlight every Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, myself and Steven Jensen will be covering the world of professional wrestling. If you haven't watched last week's episode... One, go watch it. Also, go watch the as part of it the interview we did with Diamond Sheik and Jameson Ryan. Uh, we talked about it earlier, rapport, chemistry with people. We've talked to those guys a couple of times. They're great. They, they play off each other well. I feel like we we have fun with them. They have fun with us, which is great because they anytime like they're going to bury me, I think that's fantastic. Uh, so I, I really enjoy talking to those guys. And Diamond Sheik tells a very good story of the Dynamite Diamond Ring that the written versions up on fightful if you want to go check that out but if you want to listen to like the, the full interview you can also do that so go watch last week's episode this week i believe we have ella j ella j is on the show this hey. week she is now yeah she's now full-time in the world of wrestling we love ella so we're talking to her this week uh yeah 9 30 a.m eastern youtube.com slash fightful the spotlight we try to cover a little bit of everything aw wwe independent promotions and kind of your major promotions that aren't aw and wwe such as impact mlw new japan things like that so show some love plenty of stuff to take in at fightful overbooked or the main fightful channel uh jeremy is at jeremy lambert 88 i am at j-o-e-l-p-e-r-l follow go follow the fightful account go follow at fightful there's plenty of stuff going up there all the time that's where you can really give us your 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 eyes let's get out of here Bye, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers.